the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We are going to dive into, well, a little bit of a position by position depth chart analysis for this Denver Broncos team is, well, who could be retained? Who could be on the way out? What positions do the Denver Broncos really need to be looking at improving in the offseason? And I say we because Zach Seegers joins me on the podcast, as she usually does weekly. Uh, Zach, a little bit of a break because of the holidays, but you are now back. Uh, tell everybody where can they find your work, and maybe even particularly I'm going to point out the What's On Draft articles because obviously – the discussion becomes for the Denver Broncos more geared towards the draft. So where can they find your work? Not only on Twitter, but mylasports.com. Yeah, they can find my work on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Seegers, S-E-G-A-R-S. And they can find uh, my What's on Draft series uh, weekly on uh, milehighsports.com on that Broncos tab. And uh, this week I've got uh, the first mock draft of the season uh, coming out, so I'm excited to do that. Very cool. And, of course, always uh, our Broncos Blitz podcast is presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair. All the great food up there. I tell you what, uh, the drinks are just tremendous. Head on over there. Tap 14 on the web, that's tap14.com, tap14.com. And you look on over to the Denver Broncos depth chart. And let's look, let's start with the quarterback position. And let's start with Drew Locke. I think we're probably in agreement that he has solidified his shot at quarterback. This is his team next year. Would you agree? Absolutely. And that doesn't mean he's a finished product, but I think you can look at him and go, this is the guy that the Broncos need to build and develop around for the foreseeable future. And uh, just hope for the best. I think you can't know for sure uh, until about 32, 36 games into a a quarterback's career, maybe 40. Uh, But he did everything you could have wanted from him in uh, uh, that five-week audition. Um, And, yeah, hopefully it improves with more chemistry with that uh, uh, first team. I think that's that's the thing is he did enough to where it's like, well, he showed you all you ever wanted in a potential rookie quarterback going four and one, by the way, uh, whether you think that he was the, underwhelming or not four and one pretty good. The most wins by any Broncos rookie quarterback, yes. which is in- impressive because Elway played, I believe all 16 games or uh, at least 14 or so. So maybe more of the discussion in the backup realm, because we don't know if Brendan Allen will be retained by the Denver Broncos. Obviously, Joe Flacco and his situation, he says, he well, he may be considering the backup position. I really don't think he wants to be a backup. I mean, uh, quite frankly, I think you're going to see a lot of rotation. But I want to stick to the starters. I want to stick to the starters. So quarterback, actually, we're not going to really talk about a lot. Thankfully, how refreshing (laughs) is that? I know. It feels like the first time in forever that... it. Going back to the what's on draft articles, I'm writing those, and it's like I'm not even thinking about quarterback yeah. for the first time in since 2014. Since Peyton Manning, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It's, it's great. Uh, the Denver Broncos, however, could be looking at 
maybe some shifting around at the running back position. Of course, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Devontae Booker, Theo Riddick. Those are really your four in the room. Theo Riddick uh, scheduled to be an undra- uh, unrestricted free agent. I-, I don't see Devontae Booker making this roster next year. We've kind of talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast. I, I really don't want to focus there. I want to focus maybe more towards the top half. In Philip Lindsay, A, should the Denver Broncos be looking at potentially restructuring the kid's contract? Because, look, the kid's making junk change. Okay, second uh, thousand yard season, uh, very deserving of maybe a little bit more money, but maybe more than anything, do you like the way that Denver Broncos have split the carries too with Royce Freeman? Because we're also talking about a kid who, while is very productive, maybe starting to think about the long term implications of him being a number one guy. Should Royce Freeman? Because I I feel like Royce Freeman's been a bit underutilized in this offense so far. Your thoughts, Zach? I think he has been too, but if I'm the Broncos, Philip Lindsay's the the I think Cortland Sutton, you can make an argument's a better player, but Philip Lindsay feels like the engine of this offense at this point. When he's hot, the offense is hot. And if I if I was the Broncos, I'd lean on him more than I did this past season. You actually saw it get close pretty close to a 50-50 split, and the offense was much less efic- efficient uh with Royce Freeman on the field than they were with Philip Lindsay. If I was the Broncos, I'd and it sounds cruel. I'd run Philip Lindsay into the ground for four years and I wouldn't sign him to a second contract. I don't think you should sign a running back unless they're incredibly special. But even then, to a second deal, Zeke Elliott, the Cowboys aren't happy with his production this season after signing a second deal. Todd Gurley signed a second deal early, uh, which the Broncos might do with Philip Lindsay. And then he gets arthritis in his knees and he's not the same player. Um, you could, it's very hard to find an instance. Le'Veon Bell, also from this offseason, getting a big contract and being a huge disappointment. Running back is one of the cheapest positions in the NFL. You can have a running back room for th- a strong running back room for four or five million dollars a season. And the moment you start uh, uh, paying those guys, it can go to 10, 15 for a not that valuable position. Well, look, I, I'll, be, I'll be the first to say this that um, you can play Mike Shanahan for this. Mike Shanahan is the one who really opened the eyes of the NFL and into the idea that, look, you don't really have to pay uh, a running back big money because when you lean on that one guy, and unfortunately he got injured, and of course referring to the Terrell Davis injury, it changed everything. And what did we see? We saw Tatum Bell rush for almost 1,000 yards, Mike Anderson, uh, Quentin Griffin, Orlandis Gary. I mean, name a guy. And Mike Shanahan turned him into a quality runner because of the system. And I think it really opened the NFL's eyes with the idea of, you know what, this stalwart's running. And it's died. It's it's slowly dying off the uh, bell cow back. There are still a couple in the league. And look, there will be some special circumstances. But I agree with you in the idea that, look, I, I don't know if I'm uh, looking to restructure Philip Lindsay's deal and, uh, for for something to, to break the bank because no. they need to spend that money elsewhere. I do think a, a second and, contract for Philip Lindsay is validated, but it, it is also going to depend on price because you're right. The idea that you can bring a guy in for a second, third, fourth round pick, I'm going to point out Royce Freeman himself. Mm-hmm. I think Royce Freeman could be a starter, quite yes. frankly. And and the thing is, Freeman has uh, had more of an impact in the passing game as uh, both a blocker and a receiver than Philip Lindsay has. Philip Lindsay, you just look at him and you think, oh, this guy will be like Darren Sproles, a dream uh, scat back or satellite back. He's perfect for that role. But he's not. I mean, he he drops the ball t- uh, too much, and he's just not that good of a receiving back. And so uh, I'm adverse to uh, uh, 
handing a running back a second contract anyways, especially one that isn't that big of an impact on third down. Sure. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. You can follow us on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio at Zach underscore Seegers. The wide receiver position certainly could potentially see an addition. Cortland Sutton is obviously here to stay for the Denver Broncos, and I quite frankly think Deshaun Hamilton. A little bit of a connection chemistry going with Drew Locke towards the end of the season. You, of course, have Tim Patrick in that uh, wide receiver room as well as Jawan Winfrey, Fred Brown, Deontay Spencer, Trinity Benson, Calvin McKnight. Now, I don't want to focus more so on some of those guys a little bit later uh, in that little run of names because they're probably not going to make this roster. But I think if you you really picture this this wide receiver room, we're talking about Cortland Sutton, we're talking about Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, and maybe uh, Deontay Spencer just because of his returnability. I think Juwan Winfrey's in as well, too, but maybe looking to fight against somebody else, uh, an outside name, potentially in the draft this year, yes? I think the draft will really impact this receiver room uh, more than any other squad on the Broncos roster, even the offensive line. Because this receiver class is so strong, do the Broncos want to grab someone in the first round like a Henry Ruggs? Then you don't really have to keep around Deontay Spencer because you've got your speed guy, your burner. Do they land a different receiver early, or maybe they stack it and they know this draft is super deep at receiver as well as having elite high-end talent, and they can draft third and fourth round guys and they can, you know, stack it with maybe a couple three picks. If that's the case, then, you know, I think it's a long shot that um, uh, Jawan Winfrey makes the roster. And I, I don't think it's a given that Deshaun Hamilton makes the roster. He's had two good closes to the season, but throughout his career, in the first three quarters of the season, weeks one through 12, he's got like 30 receptions for 300 yards or something. And well, and let's also enough. remember a uh, critical drop. I believe it was against the Jaguars. Two. And the Raiders. drop against the Raiders in the opener. I mean, he has some critical moments that, uh, unfortunately, just he did not perform or execute. But, uh, by the way, continuing on this receiver uh, topic, or at least people who catch the ball, looks like the tight end room is solidified. Finally, Noah Fant's going to be your guy at the tight end position. I think Jeff Hireman is a solid uh, backup role. I really don't know about Jake Butt in the future. I, I think it's over uh, for Jake Butt here in Denver. And Troy Fumagalli may be a fringe option, um, but I think you could potentially see him in the room. I think the, the tight end room gets interesting, like where you're saying, towards the back. Um, I think you're going to have Fant and uh, Hireman be those top two guys. They might give Butt one more chance, though, I think think he's probably not on the roster next year and then that third tight end slot comes down to third or fourth tight end slot comes down to which blocking tight end do you like better Troy Fumagalli who they've invested draft capital in and looked good in training camp last year or Andrew Beck who's arguably been the better player this season the Broncos offensive line this is where we get a little oh how should I say uh, it's a, we it's don't a have sticky to talk situation. We don't have to talk quarterback, but this offensive line is is in need of a rebuild. Uh, the way I look at it is, it's in need of a rebuild without the 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 bricks to rebuild it. Uh, you've spent a lot of money on Jawan James, and now recovering from the MCL, it appears they're stuck to that contract. Jawan James is going to be the right tackle for next year. Uh, Connor McGovern at the center position going to be validating a lot of money, although I think he is one of the critical guys to bring back. Dalton Reisner looks like the short upside on the left guard, and Garrett Bowles, the question mark at the left tackle position that, you know, let's be honest, uh, nobody really knows what's going to happen. What are they going to do at right guard? Could it be uh, Elijah Wilkinson coming back and maybe as a starter? 
that basically makes the offensive line look exactly like it did last year. And what we saw last year was not really good offensive line play. What does Denver do here? How many positions are they trying to rebuild? Is there any hope for this offensive line next year? I think there is, but to your point, how many positions do they want to rebuild? They're trying to, like you said, rebuild this thing without the bricks. I think you got to keep Connor McGovern around. He's been a solid center, a good guard. You know, nothing flashy, but there aren't many flashy offensive linemen. We don't, about, we don't say league. his name. He, don't say his name. Exactly. And you know who else doesn't? The stadium announcers, unlike Garrett Bowles. Yes. He was flagged zero times this season. I think you got to keep him. You got to keep uh, Dalton Reisner, of course. And then I think you add one tackle and one guard to the mix. Um, you you got to add a guard to replace Ronald Leary. I think he's actually the worst offensive lineman on the Broncos right now, even or starting offensive lineman that is, even though he doesn't get all the uh, negative attention. And then I think adding one tackle to that Garrett Bowles, Jawan James, uh, slash Elijah Wilkinson room gives you just a little more stability. Hopefully you have Jawan James as that number two. He seems to be a healthy for a year, injured for a year, healthy for a year, injured for a year guy. And hopefully he's healthy next year. But if he does get injured, you have Garrett Bowles to slot in as a third tackle or maybe Elijah Wilkinson to be a third or fourth tackle. As well. Yeah, I think you're looking at a makeshift offensive line situation again. I, I do think you need to keep Garrett Bowles at the left tackle position, at least for now, with the idea that Dalton Reisner is your left guard. You are absolutely re-signing Connor McGovern. You are finding a new right guard, and Juwan James is what you're stuck with at the right tackle position. But I, I agree with you with the idea that maybe you're bringing in um, some serious beefed up depth because let's be honest the depth isn't very good either no. uh, you know with all due respect to austin slotman uh, jake rogers these are not guys you want on the field right now although i have to admit jake rogers in that uh final little stint kind of played for it pretty well so but the reality is is that this is going to be a weakness next year. The hope is that they can improve it in some way, shape, or form, whether it be through the draft or free agency, bringing in some depth to at least get to the point where, you know, because, and this is unfortunate because if you're Garrett Bowles, look, the book is out on you and the reputation is also out. And, you know, everybody wanted to complain about Garrett Bowles this, Garrett Bowles that. Oh, my God. You know, why do you leave him out there? The problem is there's nobody else. No. Nope. There's nobody else to put out there. You don't have an option. You're forced with it. And so, but you know, I, I, I'm I the type of person that always likes to look for solutions. You know, it's, mm. it's easy to point out the problem. Garrett Bowles is the problem. We get it. Okay. I want to look for a solution. And previously, there was no solution on this team. And I'm not sure if there will be because... You're talking about spending a lot of money at the right tackle position, so you're not paying another tackle. You're talking about um, highly coveted guys in free agency who would be the fix, but the problem is, is in the NFL, those guys get paid, okay? Because there's very few of them. You're not going to be able to lure a guy here on a cheap deal. So now you're looking at the draft, and, well, everybody wants to talk about Henry Ruggs or an offensive skill player. Well, now you're going to complain that you don't get him because you got to spend it on an offensive lineman. I, I think it's a tough pickle. I think this is one of those positions that, unfortunately, I think Denver's going to be punting a bit on this year. Uh, maybe you're drafting some depth a little bit later in the draft, but I don't see very much else. Yeah, I think you got to either buy on, on the free agent market, and I don't think you have to pay a, ten, a Trent Brown deal like the Raiders did last sure. season. I think you can go for someone like a Jack Conklin who's shown flashes in his career. The last two seasons, he hasn't been a good tackle. He's been better than Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson, but he hasn't been a good tackle. 
You sign a guy like that, he can be your starting tackle. And you know what? Things don't go well there. You can move Garrett Bowles and you can move Elijah Wilkinson in. You have a Band-Aid so it does. you don't have to approach the 2020 draft with this, oh my God, we have a giant hole on the offensive line. No matter who's on the board, we have to draft a left tackle because that's how you end up with a Garrett Bowles. All right, so we've gone over the offense. There is a lot to change, a lot to decide for the Denver Broncos on defense. We'll tell you what we think of that next. Welcome back to the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. I tell you what, like a hundred different spirits. Oh my gosh. Tap 14 has everything you would ever want. And even when it's a little chilly, that rooftop is heated. Go on over there and check it out. Tap 14, for, uh, uh, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. Let's go to the defense where Vic Fangio and Donatel have a lot of decisions to make. Let's start on the defensive line. Derek Wolf, Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris, Adam Gotsis, uh, Demarcus Walker, Draymond Jones, just some of the many names that are going to be in the mix. I think you can peg away uh, immediately uh, Adam Gotsis. He, he is not going to make this team. Uh, somebody who was benched midway through the season or at least four weeks in for Mike Purcell. Purcell was uh, spectacular. Purcell needs a new deal. Wolf needs needs a new deal. Harris needs a new deal. DeMarcus Walker starting to come up on what we think we know what he will be in the NFL. Draymond Jones is this rookie. How do you see this all breaking out? I think the future here is DeMarcus Walker and Draymond Jones and maybe Mike Purcell and, and Shelby Harris, of course. Derek Wolf. he's been a longtime Bronco. He's been great. Longest tenured Bronco on the team, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't think you got to bring him back. I, I, I know he had a career year, but he the injuries are a continued issue with him. And I you've got Shelby Harris. You've got other areas you need to spend that money this offseason. And I don't think this team might be a playoff team next year, but they're not going to be a Super Bowl team. If this team wins another Super Bowl, Derek Wolf probably won't be on that roster. I think you've got to keep moving forward. Make sure you bring back Simmons, and uh, I know we'll get to that position in a second, but Simmons and Harris. I think those two fairly young, excellent defensive players, and then Derek Wolf and Chris Harris, they're past their prime. Like It might hurt to lose them, but you can replace them. I, I actually have a different tune from what uh, uh, you mentioned. You know, I actually would like to see the Denver Broncos bring back Derek Wolf. Now, it's on the contingent that it's not a contract that I think Derek is going to expect. But I do think finishing his career here in Denver, somebody who was on pace for a career year, Derek Wolf, until he got hurt, I would love to see Derek Wolf back. I would also love to see Mike Purcell back. I, I do want to see Shelby Harris back, although I think Shelby Harris is the one question mark that maybe is a little bit more than Derek Wolf. Uh, I don't know if Shelby's going to be on a take any sort of haircut type deal. I think mm. Shelby Harris is going to be looking to get paid here, and I'm not sure if Denver's going to be able to fork that kind of money over because you're talking about, okay, Justin Simmons is a must. Yes. Uh, we're talking about potentially bringing in a free agent offensive lineman, free agent wide receiver option maybe. We got to keep Derek Wolf maybe. Uh, you're, talking about all, you're talking about all these names, Connor McGovern. Uh, where else is the money coming from? I just don't they know. Gotta, they I got think a Shelby Harris is a bit of a luxury position because you have Draymond Jones coming up. You have potentially a usage of Demarcus Walker. I think Shelby Harris is the one that mm, I'm not so sure he's going to be on this roster next year. But here's the thing. I don't think the Broncos have $80 million in cap space. 
But really, they have so much more than that because this new CBA, Patrick Mahomes contract, there's a few things coming in these next few years that are going to make player contracts just skyrocket. They're all going way up. And the salary cap's going to go way up too. So unless the Broncos literally spend all $80 million of their $80 million in cap space, even then they probably wouldn't be in cap trouble next year or the season after that. They'd probably be just fine and able to retain Draymond Jones and those other guys. Derek Wolf is he's the past. It's great. It's great. You love having these yeah, but guys. He had, a career, on your team. he had a career year this year. You can't he, deny he, that. No, I'm not denying that. But do I think he's going to have a career year next year too? I don't think so. Do I think the odds of him missing four games next year are fairly high? Yeah. Because he typically misses two, three, four games a season at this point in his career. I would much rather bring back Shelby Harris, who you can have for the next five years and can be the building block of your defensive line, your your star at that level of the defense for the next four to five years than Derek Wolf, who will be a solid starter for the next two to three based off his age. And also, if you bring Derek Wolf back, that's limiting what you can do with Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker. Shelby Harris, you can move inside more. He's not going to be playing those pass-rushing 3-4 um, defensive end roles. Uh, he's more of a run-stopper, though he is excellent against the pass as well. And again, it's all about interior pressure in today's NFL. Like That's the new hot thing on defense. It is the most effective thing at stopping these high-flying offenses. Who's great at interior pressure? Shelby Harris, and he's a lot younger than Wolf. Well, certainly, look, I, I would love to see the Denver Broncos retain Shelby Harris, but I just don't know if it's going to be in the cards money-wise. I, I, I think this is a team that is going to have to throw a lot of money at a lot of different places, and particularly they're going to have at least one break-the-bank contract, and we'll get to that one mm-hmm. here shortly. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do want to touch on the linebackers really quick as yeah. we'll move on. Uh, Von Miller obviously retaining on this roster. They're not doing anything. Anybody who tells you otherwise, just don't listen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Johnson, of course, has been the surprise of the year that has been so much value for the Denver Broncos Todd Davis of course uh, at the other inside linebacker position you have Bradley Chubb coming back off IR and then you have some nice depth pieces we're talking about Justin Hollins, Malik Reed Josie Jewell, uh, Jeremiah Tachu who really showed out He's towards the end of the season. He's a guy. Um, Joe Jones, Jeff, I mean, there's a lot of great names here for this linebacker position, and maybe more importantly, a lot of these names who are just going to be on the roster next year. There's there's not a ton of uh, urgency to re-sign any of these guys or uh, uh, throw a bunch of money at them. There's no unrestricted free agent. So I, I think if you're at the linebacker position, you really like what you have uh, if you're Vic Fangio, and certainly you know it's, it's anchored by by two of the better pass rushers in the league. Absolutely, and they've rebuilt that depth. In, in one season, it was, oh, they lost Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett. They've lost this incredible pass rushing depth they had. And it's right back with Malik Reed, Jeremiah Tachu, and Justin Hollins. I think the only move, like you said, they're going to be really happy with this linebacking core. The only move I you think they might make is with Todd Davis because he hasn't been great. Um, he's getting up there. And I think Josie Jewell, I don't know if he's better than Todd Davis, but I think they're very comparable. Um, and Josie Jewell is a heck of a lot cheaper. So I, I could definitely see the Broncos moving on from Davis. But outside sure. of that, they, I don't think they'd make a move. Now, the secondary obviously going to be a little bit more active because, boy, there's a lot of question marks here. First of all, obviously, you have Chris Harris Jr. 
You have Bryce Callahan, who they don't know what they have in Bryce Callahan. Uh, officially listed right now as the right corner starter is Isaac Yadam. I think you want to improve on that in the offseason. Nope. Devontae Harris, of course, in the mix, as well as Duke Dawson, Devontae Bosby, Cyrus Jones. There's a lot of names here. Let's start immediately at the top with Chris Harris Jr. Should the Broncos bring him back or not? I mean, it depends what money he wants. The whole Chris Harris Jr. thing. $14 million a year. I'll throw that number out right no. now. Oh, hell no. Oh, that's an immediate oh, no. hell no. <laughs> that's an immediate no. No, if he says that, John Elway should uh, hang up the call and uh, change the codes to the Broncos okay. facility instantly. $13 million a year. No. If he wants anything that's top 10, maybe even top 15 cornerback money, I think it's I'd laugh in his face. Okay, I, Chris Harris Jr. will not. According to that logic, Chris Harris Jr. ain't going to be a Bronco next year then. And, and here's the thing. That's fine because Vic Fangio, throughout his entire career, he is known as this edge rushing linebacker wizard. And he's done incredible things with linebackers wherever he's gone. But he's also had incredible talent like Patrick Willis, Alden Smith, uh, Khalil Mack, the the Roquan do, Smith, the sure. Dome Patrol. Yeah, these aren't scrubs. You know, they're very talented players. And he's gotten the most out of them. But still, what he has been most impressive about his defenses throughout his tenure has been elevating the secondary. Wherever he goes, the secondary plays much better than the sum of their parts. Um, and I think as the Broncos, you can have that philosophy. You have Callahan coming back next year, who last time he was on the field was a top five, top ten cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. He'll come in, fill that nickel slot, and hopefully Yadam or Devontae Harris develop a bit more this offseason. And then this draft is very, very, very strong at cornerback. Uh, I'd say the strongest position groups in this draft are wide receiver and cornerback, and that works out very well for the Broncos. So I don't think this should be an area to panic. Like you said, they have a lot of money uh, or a lot of holes they need to uh, fill and a lot of money they need to spend. I don't think you can spend it on Harris. I think the Denver Broncos need to ask themselves a question is how much of a rebuild do they want to go with the corner position? Because um, if you want to rebuild uh, for the future around a young talent, uh, I think Denver needs to look at trading up. Uh, I trade know, up for Jeff Akuda. Jeff Akuda, of course, the, the he, fine, fine corner uh, that I like him better than I like Jalen Ramsey. Is is one of those guys that I think talent wise, an incredible tackler, just everything you want in a corner. Because if you're not going to re-sign Chris Harris Jr. at about twelve million, you're really saying, okay, we're not going to grab a top ten corner in free agency period. There are a couple nice names out there, but the reality is is that this is a Denver Broncos team that is, if you decide you're not going to spend that money on Chris Harris Jr., because why wouldn't you want to put money in Chris Harris Jr.? He's great on the field. He's great off the field. Yes, he's getting he's a little bit He's not great on up. the field anymore. Nah, I, think, I think most people would characterize him still as a quality corner. I, I don't by all means think he's in his prime, but... He's a uh, starter, but he's not a top 10. Th this is a guy who, you know, if you're not going to spend $12 million on him, who else are you going to spend $12 million on? So you're probably talking about, okay, Bryce Callahan uh, has got to be your backbone. That's an unknown. Uh, let's be honest. I, while I don't, it's, think, I don't think Bryce Callahan's an unknown, though. That's he's an put, unknown. He's that's put, a, he didn't he's play put a, four he didn't seasons play in this exact, last year. But he's played four seasons in this exact scheme. Well, it's a different team. And he's been a top it's 10, a but it's the exact team. same scheme. And he's he was a top 10 corner in it. Also, I think you have good depth. I think the depth, like Devontae Harris is a great, 
Oh yeah. Do I don't you? think you've got No, no, no. The Broncos don't have a number 1 corner right now. I don't even think Chris Harris I'm not is sure if they have a number 2 corner. I don't think they have a number 2 corner. Yeah. I think Devontae Harris is a a strong number 3, number 4 corner. That would be I like think saying, Adam could be a strong number 3, number 4 corner. I think Duke Dawson could be a strong number 3, number 4 corner. Sure. I think you have Callahan come in, be one of those top two guys. And like you said, you either draft someone at 15 or trade up or uh, sign a free agent that's at least a solid starter. Byron Jones is out there. That'll be expensive. He's a guy. Byron Jones is going to be very if you expensive. Wanted to, if you want to talk about a guy who you'd spend money on, I'd spend money on Byron Jones. Before I, I but just, Byron Jones I is going to come at fifteen a year. Yes, and I think Byron I would, Jones will reset. I'd rather the I'd rather pay Byron Jones sixteen a year than Chris Harris ten a year. I think they're mm. that different. Chris Harris Jr. is the reason That's the Broncos tough. lost the Vikings game. He was a weakness against the Bills. John Brown ate his lunch. He's not just getting his lunch eaten by the Stephon Diggs and the, the uh, Keenan Allen's the elite receivers he has to go against. He's getting his his lunch eaten by John Brown, who had a great statistical season, but is by no mean a top 10, well, top 15 wide receiver. Look, I'll say this. And Josh uh, Allen. There, there was a lot of miscommunications throughout the year between the safety and the corner position. And, you know, I'm willing to forgive a couple of them, but, but I didn't understand why it kept happening. And exactly. I, I talked to some, a couple players in the locker room, you know, a, after games about that. And, you know, um, anybody who you talked to, they tried to blame themselves. You know, if you talked to Kareem Jackson, he said, oh, that was on me. You know, if it was Chris, oh, that was on me. And it's like you try to figure out who really was in charge of a lot of this. And I start to look at some of the situations where Chris Harris was man-to-man on a lot of these guys, and I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't thrilled. You know, the Tennessee game, uh, he allowed a touchdown that got called back. He actually had a couple touchdowns that got called back, but you don't remember them because there was a penalty on the offense. Now, whether you think that should be factored into the play or not, I'm just telling you what I saw with my eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And I saw Chris Harris Jr. that you could see age catching up. And you could see a corner that I'm not sure without a great pass rush is still a great corner i think he's still a quality option i'm not sure if i'm spending more than 11 12 million a year on the guy though so and and i think you're okay with walking but i think that's also contingent on the idea that you know what this is a really bad corner room you need to be looking at either trading up from 15 to go get jeff akuda or um yeah maybe it is a break the bank deal for a byron john i don't know but certainly they got to do something they do have 12 picks this year, so you can use those 12 picks to trade up. Or like I've said, it's a very deep cornerback class, and it's a very deep receiver class. Um, maybe you trade up for a cooter, or maybe you sit at 15, you land a, let's say, Christian Fulton out of LSU or Carlos Henderson out of uh, Florida, and then in the fourth round, you land a, a, another good cornerback. Um, all of a sudden, uh, the secondary I don't think is as bad because, like I said, I feel decent about the depth in the sense that Harrison Yadam can be a third or fourth cornerback. Yeah, as long as they're the third or fourth cornerback. <laughs> but if you add one guy... I, I don't even know if guy. I love their depth as the third corner. It, I, their their depth was um, 
Devontae Harris was a pleasant surprise for a, a short little time, and then he really took a nosedive, and you even saw that when Vic Fangio benched him. Uh, Isaac Yadam, boy, I was very high on Yadam at the early of the season. I thought he was going to be the Broncos' breakout player, yeah. and he showed anything but that. And again, I still come from the angle that there is a total question mark with Bryce Callahan because you just haven't seen him. You hope he comes back healthy, um, but certainly being off a year, that is a big, big deal. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. Uh, last couple positions. Let's get to the safety position really quickly. I really don't think uh, we have much to talk about because they're all no-brainers. Pay the man his money, Justin Simmons. Yes. Kareem Jackson comes back as strong safety. And I think the big question mark for the safety position is Will Parks. Are you going to retain him or not? Your thoughts? It all comes down to money with him. I think he's a guy like a Shaq Barrett who's been a rotational safety um, but could be a starter. Even you mentioned Royce Freeman earlier. He, he's got the ability to be a fine starter. Um, so if he's looking for starter money, I don't think the Broncos can invest that much at safety with how much they'll be paying Simmons. But if he's asking for a more rotational backup contract, then I think you should absolutely bring him back. He's a great locker room guy. Uh, I think there is something to be said for that bond that him and Simmons mm-hmm. have. I think not only does it make Parks play better, but I think it makes Simmons play better. Yes. Um, yes. So... Uh, I think all that has to be taken into consideration if you're the Broncos. The special teams, uh, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. You're keeping Brandon McManus. You are dumping Colby Wadman. Uh, you're not a Kobe it, Wadman fan? No, I'm not a Kobe Wadman fan. Um, and I, I swear, I think every time we're in the press box, you're like, man, that Wadman punt was yeah, a beauty. I, I love that look, punter anybody, Kobe Wadman. Anybody who has listened to this podcast or uh, the radio show, which, by the way, the radio show, 3 p.m. weekdays, Mountain Standard Time, selfish plug, uh, East Coast, 5 p.m., the situation I think that is a bit frustrating to hear is the fact that Tom McMahon, it looks like he's going to be sticking around. I don't really Yikes. get it, but uh, it, it, let's focus on the players for today. I actually thought Deontay Spencer was a pleasant surprise. Uh, oh, I was gotta... a bit of a, I was, I was bit in the corner of disappointed when they got rid of, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember his name anymore. Craycraft? Uh, River Craycraft. You know, oh, I, thought, I did not look, like Craycraft. Sure-handed, wasn't gonna make a mistake. Porridge. We we knew that you we knew who he was. In he your was milk toast. Basic, boring. The Devontae but, Booker but of wide receivers. He was he was <laughs> he was reliable. Okay, uh, Devontae Deontay Spencer became not only reliable. But he also became he also added a little bit of a explosive dimension to it. Now he never broke out a big run, but I tell you what, I swear, at least several times in the press box, I said to myself, man, if he got past that one last one, he was gone. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really like Deontay Spencer as a returner next year. Oh yeah, and I love Deontay Spencer too. I think the only way he changes if uh, the Broncos get Henry Ruggs, who, man, Broncos fans want him bad. Again, my one caution is the Broncos already have that guy like we're saying and Deontay Spencer, a excellent returner, a speedster. He's not as talented a player as Ruggs, but you kind of have that type of player. Uh, maybe like we were saying, you go with an Akuda or whatever, uh, uh, whatever with that first round pick. But yeah, I think Spencer and McManus are good on the special teams. Uh, McMahon and uh, Wadman, not so much. All right. Well, that is a full recap, review, overview, if you will, of the Denver Broncos roster. Obviously. Uh, there's a lot that's going to be changing with this team. As we go through the offseason, we'll actually do this a couple times 
uh, as uh, the draft finishes up, free agency changes how this team plays because, you know, let's be honest, the free agency is basically going to set up the draft. So uh, every single time a major name comes in or leaves that we know of, be sure to stick with the Broncos Blitz podcast and we'll continue to do uh, roster recaps, if you will, of this Denver Broncos team on the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at TAP14. Zach, uh, where can they find your work and, of course, maybe more particularly read the What's on draft series uh yeah you can find me on twitter at zach underscore seegers again that's zach with a ch underscore s-e-g-a-r-s uh and then i've got five articles coming out a week on milehighsports.com i'm going to be doing a lot of off-season content kind of doing what we're doing here a position by position roster breakdown um <clears throat> and then also uh, my what's on draft series weekly uh check out that first mock draft this week all righty very good who's on the first you got to give us a little little tidbit I'll say Denver's I, Denver's first mocked. First mocked. I'm I'm going wide receiver. I think you're first going wide receiver position. Okay. I, I don't love what, the tackles. I don't love the tackles. I don't. I don't love the offensive linemen as well. But I tell you what, there's a lot of wide receivers that make me drool. I mean, they're not going to be able to get Jerry Judy, but oh boy, Jerry Judy, even Ceedee Lamb. They might. Well, we'll see. I I I still protest that but, the early idea. It's early in this process. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about this more in future podcasts, but. I think Denver needs to be looking at trading up for a lethal wide receiver yes. weapon or a corner. Yes. We'll see how it goes yes. up. So. Yes. 12 rookies aren't making this final roster. Certainly a lot to discuss on the Broncos Blitz podcast, and I hope you join us for that as we go through the offseason now. And you know what? This is going to be a fun offseason because we don't got to talk about a head coaching change. We don't got to talk about a quarterback change. It's like a it's like this is the first time we've been able to do this in five years. And it's so great. It's a little bit refreshing of a change and, and really kind of makes you optimistic for what Denver could be doing here. If they put the right pieces around Drew Locke and really build up that defense, particularly in that secondary, maybe beef up that offensive line. Who knows where this team could be in 2020. So big thank you to our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. You can check out the radio show of course 3 p.m weekdays on mile high sports of course you could stream it milehighsports.com locally in town on fm 104.7 and am 1340 and of course you can find podcasts of that actual radio show the archived segments at milehighsports.com I am Ronnie Court. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. Of course, Zach, my weekly guest host. Thank you, Zach. We appreciate Thanks it. Of course, you can back. follow him on Twitter, Zach underscore Seegers, and follow more info on the Broncos at MileHighSports.com. MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.